After Chernobyl, we finally hear All kinds of cancer went up the next year Hard to interpret, says OPCS Can't understand it, well here is a guess Low-level isotopes from the Ukraine Drifted to Wales on the wind and the rain Rainfall is higher in Bangor than Kent Cancer in Wales is up 30% We're breathing strontium Locking it into the structure of cellular DNA And each of beta decay In an occasional, rather mutational way Hi you guys, welcome back. This is Richard Sachs, this is Lost Arts Radio, and we have a great guest tonight that has been with us before, but it's been about five or six years in early earlier stages of Lost Arts Radio. And the reason I invited Dr. Busby to join us again, and it came to mind, is that we're in a situation in the world right now, thanks to the not-so-visible level of our world leaders that actually want war and conflict. It's not that they can't avoid it. It's really easy to avoid. You just talk to each other and cooperate. It's not really esoteric or anything. But they want nuclear war, and they want the destruction of life on this planet, according to what my research has shown. Not just all of humans, but the rest of the biosphere. And they're working on it and making good progress, unfortunately. So it's up to the consciousness of humanity to not be zombies and to realize that we have the power to turn this around. And Dr. Busby is one of the world experts on the effects of ionizing radiation and is also apparently willing to talk to us about non-ionizing kind of radiation that we're dealing with thanks to the same power structure every day in technologies that could be a lot more human-friendly, but have been designed with weaponized uh, wireless frequencies. So we're in an interesting environment, not by accident, and it would be good for humanity to understand uh, some of the important details of it as much as possible, and it, it really can be understood. What great One thing about great scientists is they have the ability to explain really deep concepts in simple enough terms so that most people can understand. And I think that's really appreciated. Dr. Busby's done that a lot. So sorry for the long introduction, Dr. Busby, but welcome and thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So just to give a little bit of background on your previous involvement with issues relating to radiation, you had some uh, interaction with the press and the public on things that happened around Fukushima and I would guess with Chernobyl and other incidents like that too. So you want to give a little bit of feeling for what got you interested in this whole field, how you got involved in it and how you're applying your knowledge at this point when things like Fukushima happen. Well, I started looking at the health effects of ionizing radiation in around about 1990 Um because I was interested in how it seemed to be that uh, increases in childhood leukemia near the radiation reprocessing site at Sellafield in Cumbria um, apparently couldn't be caused by radiation, since since we all knew then, everybody knew then, still knows, that radiation causes child leukemia. 
And there was a big child leukemia cluster near the biggest source of radiation in Europe. So I, I sort of walked into the into the area in 1990, and I, and the further I went into it, the more complex and interesting it became. Mm-hmm. And I've studied it now for 30 years. So yes, of course, I've looked at um, I've looked at uh, uh, increases in cancer near nucleosides. I've, I've looked at increases in congenital malformation in children, in uh, and in the children of test nuclear test veterans, those people who went out to the Pacific, blew up bombs. I've looked at it at the effects on uh, uh, soldiers who were exposed to depleted uranium in the Gulf War, right. and also Iraqis who were exposed to depleted uranium in Fallujah, uh, and of course Chernobyl, and then Fukushima came along, and I was asked to go out to Japan to advise the uh, the lawyers who were trying to make sure that the children could be evacuated from the contaminated zone. And since then also I've, I've done an, a great deal of research and also uh, acted as an expert witness in more than 50 court cases, most of which have been successful. Uh, that people were exposed to radiation, got cancer, and, you know, the, then the nuclear industry said, no, they can't, the cancer can't be caused by the radiation uh, but then we prove in court that it, that it can be, and so that we win the case. Lots of money, too, you know, millions of dollars. Right. But, of course, it's a, the, 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 these cases are all kept secret because they always settle before it gets to court. Yeah, really interesting. So why do you think they would want to do that? Well, if it gets to court, then it becomes a precedent. If it goes before mm-hmm. a jury and the jury agrees with, with the prosecution, that is the people who say that the radiation has killed, you know, caused cancer in the, in the plaintiff, right. then that becomes a precedent. And then the gates open for other people to do the same thing. But also it reveals the existence of an enormous error in the way in which radiation is measured and the legal limits that are in existence in all the Western countries, which are all completely wrong. And and the result of this has been that lots and lots of people have died of cancer. I'm talking like 300, 400 million people. Mainly due to the test, nuclear atmospheric tests, which occurred mainly between 1959 and 1963. They caused a cancer epidemic, which everybody knows about, which started around about 1980. <clears throat> and, that, and, that, and so the 30% increase in cancer that ultimately was the cancer epidemic um, was, so, so that's about one in four. You can say one in four people who got cancer since 1980 got cancer courtesy of the nuclear industry and the, and the dishonest um, the dishonest legal limits that were established through through all sorts of devious methods. I've, I've just recently recently published a paper about this, um, and so so it's now it's now in the it's now out in the peer review literature. So so the a couple of things you mentioned one one is about the precedent idea, trying to avoid that. When the court cases were concluded. So the precedent exists. They're just trying to keep the precedent secret, I guess. Mm, right? Well, the court cases were not were, were never never went to never went to trial. Oh, oh they were settled was, outside. Yeah, that's right. They were all settled I outside see. court, so that Sorry, so that it's never that. never got into in front of a jury. So, and this is how they deal with it. Ultimately, if they okay. if they know they're going to lose, they just give you a lot of money, but but only on the basis that you're not allowed to talk about it. Okay, so why settle if you know that you're right? Are you afraid of a corrupt judge saying... No, because they know they're wrong, that's why. They settle because they know they're wrong. I know why they settle. 
why would the other side settle? Well, this, this, I'm just an expert witness. So what I do is I set up the expert case. And, right. and you know, if you like, I create the bomb and then they take the bomb into the discussion and say, look, right. you know, we can bring all this stuff in front of a jury. And they say, well, okay, thanks very much. No, how much money do you want? And they say, you know, one and a half million dollars. And, and they say, yeah, okay, here you are. Have and there have been a lot of these cases so far, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been involved in quite a lot of these cases. So all, maybe- all I'm saying is that none of these plaintiffs have been willing to take it through to trial and say thanks for the offer but we're right so we're going to go all the way with it it's yes yes that that is that is the case but what happens is the lawyers of course in in this area the lawyers are interested in winning see sure and it was there's always a possibility that if they take it to trial they might lose legal cases are very very dodgy things you know you get get in front of the wrong judge it's a bird in the hand type thing yes yes it's 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 a it's a poker playing really yeah yeah interesting there's so a lot of money, you see. It's a lot of money involved. I mean, so if they go, if they actually get, go to, to go to trial and win the case, they they can get, I don't know, say, let's say a million. I mean, it is that sort of area. It can be one million up to like several billion, you know. But right. in fact, one one case there was there, there was a billion. It was a billion dollar settlement long ago. So. The, these are lots of money that the, that the nuclear industry and the nuclear military complex have an enormous amount of of money. Yeah. And the other thing they can do, they can also threaten the lawyers, you know. So I've had a couple of lawyers that have been destroyed in terms of their ability to continue to do cases and another one who was just threatened, you know. And, and so, so, so they she, very well may have influence over the judges as well. Of course, of course. Right. I, we I, We lost a case... Last no one not three years ago, three or four years ago, absolutely cut and dried case, but the judge threw it out. Yeah, and, and I, that's I, a, di- I've, that's done a di- these, I've done a number of these cases in England. England is much worse than America, I can tell you. America, oh. you're in with a chance, but England, forget it, because the judge, you know, the judges are truly bought and sold and packaged. Wow, and that exists a lot in America too. Um, but I, I guess the idea is that that. People may be aware that if you push it, you d- you do the corrupt judge risk, and you may just lose the whole thing. Yes, yes. Well, it's it's a, it's a very muddy area. You know, the the thing is, people who assume that the world goes tick tock, tick tock, and you know, if there are any of those people left, right? <laughs> then then um, it's necessary to kind of continue to 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 pretend to cre- continue to create this theatre. That, that everybody is handed up, handed uh, since certainly since the Iraq War and since nine eleven. Right. That, that the 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 news, the media uh, in my in 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 Great Britain and also in the United States, just total total theatre, uh, and it's impossible. Yeah. To, and, well, I and, think and, it, and, you know, there's a new there's a new deal now where we're getting the Ministry of Truth, as I understand it. You know, they brought in. Yeah, the it's a giant leap forward. We can not bother with any opinions that are wrong. It's going to be amazing. Yes, and, well, outfits like outfits like yours will just go straight down. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, we've we've had PayPal recently just blocking the account of consortium news. All sorts of strange things are happening now. We're in science fiction territory with regard yeah. to the truth. Yeah, and I think it's emotionally really threatening and difficult for people to grasp what's really going on. 
Well, also, the other thing is it's like the blue pill, red pill thing in the Matrix, you know. People don't, people might well believe that, that it's all theatre and that they're being told lies, but in the end, life is difficult enough without having to worry about that sort of stuff, you know. So, that's true, that's true. So you think, hey, wow, okay, what's the hell, you know, and you go to work and you do whatever you do, and you don't want to sort of feel that you're not part of the group. And if the group is oh. saying, hey, you know, we're great and everything is fine and the science is true and blah, 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 then <laughs> it's true. a lot easier when you go to work and you talk to people where you don't start moaning and complaining and saying that right. sort of lack of lies you know it, it makes life simple yeah and the only thing on the other side for motivation is the little detail that the world may be totally destroyed if that well even there, even there you know i mean I, my my field and what i've been talking about for many many years i went to malaysia to i was well i've been invited all over the place to talk about this yeah i've studied the nuclear test veterans you know the people who were out there blowing up the bombs yeah and the work that i've done shows of course first of all that the radiation model that they that they use in order to limit in order to limit people's understanding of the, of the health effects of radiation um is completely wrong by by several orders of magnitude, by thousands of times, you know. Uh, and so the idea that you can win a nuclear war is, is just impossible. I mean, you cannot. Even, even the amount of uh, radiation that was produced by the nuclear weapons testing in the Pacific by the United States and the British and, and in Kazakhstan by the Russians mm-hmm. caused a 30% increase in cancer and it introduced genetic damage into into the human genome so that the sperms don't work anymore and the the the, the um, population is falling because nobody can get pregnant because of all the genetic da- and also not just people but but all animals as well fish right. stocks, everything they are all affected by by that that, that strontium 90 and uranium and plutonium and all that shit that that turned up in the biosphere in 1959 to 63 it's easy to prove this so is this error in measurement and the wrong model something that you can explain so that people yeah, understand yeah, pretty, it? pretty much pretty much what's um, the idea it's, what happened was that in 1950 when the model <clears throat> began what, what happened was that radiation had to be regulated because it was quite clear from the beginning of the radiation age in say 1900 onwards that radiation causes cancer and it causes genetic damage so, uh, but the main problem and, and in the 19 in the 1920s, the, um, the radium dial painters all started to die of cancer and all sorts of other diseases. These are the, the watch women. dials that glowed. Right? Yeah, the watch dial. The women, the women who used to put radium paint on the watch dials. Um, and so by the time it got to 1943, 45, when the Manhattan Project was taking off and producing vast amounts of completely new substances like strontium-90 and plutonium-239 and, and also uh, novel forms of the, of the natural substances like uranium-235. And, and, and Those isotopes don't exist in nature, right? <laughs> The, the plutoniums and the and the strontiums, all, all the fission product stuff and the neutron activation stuff, does, never existed throughout evolution. Right. But they're rather similar to chemicals that do exist in in, in living systems. For, for instance, strontium ninety is chemically the same as calcium. So the body and, takes them in and gets fooled. Yes, it, it, it takes them in, gets fooled, and it by, and these these substances like strontium bind to DNA. But you see, at the time that they started this model, 1952, DNA had not been discovered. They didn't know about right. DNA. There wasn't any such thing. So all these, all these ideas weren't there. But what was there was a need 
to regulate exposures to plutonium and, and strontium and, and these new substances. So they started up the risk model at that point. Although at that point, they didn't really even know how the radiation to cause the cancer. So what they did was they did a very, very simple and clever thing, which was to say that radiation could be measured in terms of the energy that it, that, that it was imparted by the exposure to unit mass of tissue. So that's, that, was, that was done in terms of joules per kilogram. A joule is, a, is an energy unit, and a kilogram is, you know, a lump of your body. So you could, so the, 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 the limits are based on these units, which, are called, which were called RADs, and now they're called greys. Um, now, now they're called what? I knew about RADs. Gray, it's called a gray. The, the, the international unit is now a gray because it had to be de- redefined in terms of joules per kilogram. Originally, it was ergs per, per, per gram. Okay. But, uh, but, so it's, but this, is ju- this, this is just a unit change. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. So what they do is they measure your dose, and this is called absorbed dose, mm-hmm. in terms of joules per kilogram. So if you sit in front of a fire and you weigh say, 80 kilograms, and the fire heats you up so many joules, then you get a dose from the heat. Now, but in terms of radiation, that's the same thing. So this really simple dose-risk dose model that, 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 that all of the laws are based on, are based on you cannot get more than a certain dose. And this is ba- the dose is, is considered to be how much it heats you up? In it's one joule per kilogram. One joule per kilogram. It doesn't heat you up more than less 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 than a degree. I mean, it's nothing to do with heat. It's to do with energy. This is very similar to the scam with non-ionizing radiation from it cell is, phones. It is almost exactly the same. It's, exa- it's exactly the same too. In wow. fact, the, the the ECRR, the organization that I represent, has 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 published a paper on non-ionizing radiation in which we've created a new set of units that are based exactly on joules per kilogram. Because at the moment, the non-ionizing radiation limits are based on the release, energy released by the mobile phone, and, and not, not the energy is absorbed by the person over a period of time. Okay. So we, we, we've dealt with that. We've got, we've got a new unit called the NRAD. But to go back to the business of the dose limits, mm-hmm. they, they, had to, they had to calculate at that point how much radiation caused how much cancer. So they start with the dose, and then they looked to see how many cancers it causes. And they did that in a study, which was called the lifespan study of the Hiroshima survivors, the, the people who were there at the time of the great explosion in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they followed these people. They followed a, a set of those people, a group of those people, about 80,000 people. They followed them for their lifespan to see whether there was a relationship between the dose that they got, according to how far they were away from where the bomb went off. Right. Um, uh, which, so they could calculate a, an approximate dose on the on the on the basis of distance from the hypocenter. That must be a related, really rough calculation for. Oh them. yeah, absolutely. And they re- related that to cancer, and then and then and their model was completely linear model. So it said, if you you know the point naught naught, and they drew a straight line through the number of people who got cancer by distance from the. Wow. From the center. But of course, a lot of those people died before they assembled the people, assembled the groups. They assembled the groups in 1952. Well, but plus the, dose would, dose would be expected to go down by the square of the distance, not the straight line. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's absolutely right. Then they, they did the calculations on the basis of that. But what they didn't do, what they forgot or what they did actually dishonestly, um, excluded was the fact that when the bombs exploded, 
they rain they rained a load of their of uranium two three four of uranium two three five and two three four came down as black rain and it mm. it fell all around the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and people who were like five six seven eight kilometers away started to get cancer but the, but the, the the Americans who more or less directed this this uh, lifespan study they refused to concede that there was any exposure from from fallout. Or, or in, in this case, rain out. Uh-huh. So, but in fact, it turned out that if you look at, and and, and then and then in 1973, the, they had a, they, a, a at first they they put together these various groups, one of whom was outside the city. They were called the Not in City group. But when the Not in City group started to show high levels of cancer, then they thought there's something wrong with the Not in City group. So they cut them down altogether, and they just drew a straight line through the high, medium, and low dose groups, which is completely dishonest and, and not good epidemiology. It's but, commonly uh, used to to just remove groups that don't go along with what you're expecting. Yeah, of course, that's, it's monstrous. I mean, you set up an epidemiological study where you say no dose, little dose, medium dose, big dose, and when you find that the no dose people don't really fit into your theory, you just throw them out. You say that. They were too healthy, so they discarded them in 1973. Nobody knows this. You had to do a lot of forensic digging to find out what they did. Yeah. So anyway, as a result of, of, of looking at, well, no, to go forward, in 2008, some Japanese people decided to look at, at, at a real no-dose group. So they looked at, at people, they compared the, the, the survivors' cancers with survivors, a control group of survivors from Okayama, which is the, another prefecture near, near Hiroshima. Okay. And what they, found, what they found is that the low and medium dose groups all had much too high cancer, and there was the same, same level. So obviously something is happening in the low and medium dose lifespan study groups, right. which is nothing to do with their exposure. And of course, it is to do with the, with the black rain. Now, I, I had to deal with this black rain issue in the court cases in London that I was doing for the nuclear test veterans 2016 in the Royal Courts of Justice. And I discovered there that the, that, that there was a missing component to the rain, to the black rain, and that was uranium 234, which had been taken into the warhead when the uranium 235 was extracted. Because the methods that they used for extracting the fissile U235 was to use a centrifuge. And so obviously, you know, you, you take out the lighter stuff. This was the Manhattan Project centrifuge system. Right. But the very, the even lighter is U234. So you take out this other isotope, U234, and it ends up, you know, very lo- a lot of radioactivity associated with the black rain. This so is another, to... another means of screening out data you don't want to see. Basically. Yes, yes. Well, they've more or less done that throughout the whole operation. But, but yeah. the game is up now. The game is up because the Japanese government that, uh, had a court case against the people who were in the black rain. And the black rain people went into court against the government. They said, hey, look, we've got cancer, but we were nowhere near the hypercenter. We were like five, six kilometers away. But we mm-hmm. say that the black rain caused it. And the Japanese government said, no, the risks model says that you're wrong, you know, stuff you. Right, right. But, so then they lost the case, though. The Japanese government lost the case, and they've accepted that they've lost the case. So in other words, the, the whole thing is re- reset now. The entire risk model is blown out of the water, and we have to go back to see what the dose limits mean in terms of real effects. Well, of course, when we do that, what we find is that hundreds of thousands of millions of people have died uh, of cancer and also other stuff too, not just cancer, infant mortality, you name it. 
And is it really known which isotopes were mostly responsible? Yes, 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 yes. The, the worst isotope of all is, is uranium-234. Hmm. It's okay. uranium two, there's three uranium isotopes, uranium-238, 235, and 234, and they're all natural. But, of course, no, they're not natural now because for, for like 100 years, people have been digging uranium out of the soil and, uh, where it should have been kept forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and refining it and then shooting it around the place in bombs and shooting it around in depleted uranium and all the rest of it. And so, right. so it's not really natural in the sense that it, that it was natural before. It's now, it's now in the form of micro nanoparticles that can be inhaled and get into your body, then dissolve and bind to the DNA. And then you get all these problems. So, what, so the risk- what form, what form does it come out of the ground in if you just dig it up? It, it comes out as various ores. I mean, the, the purest ore is uranium oxide ore called pitch blend and that was the original ore that was used to um, to make the bombs but then now uh, there are all sorts of very complicated uranium and um, 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 uh, you know uh, silicates and and, and oxides is and the ore itself dangerous to be around is what is the ore dangerous to be around? The ore is yes, the ore is dangerous to be around, but not so. Not it's not it's not as dangerous as the particles. It's the, the right. particles that are caused by the bomb exploding, or by depleted uranium hitting its hit, hitting a tank. Yeah, those particles. Those are the bad. That's the bad stuff. Or the stuff coming out of nuclear power station stacks because the uranium fuel inside the. Inside the nuclear power station gets really hot, and and the canisters that that, the, that this stuff stay inside stays inside or, or is embedded in, they leak, and so little particles of uranium come out of the stacks all the time. Right. They call it uh, of the power plants. Yeah, of the power which plant. are basically plants to boil water. Is that right? Well, that's right. Of course, yeah, that's what they are. But the temperature of the actual uranium pellets. Yeah, it's very high. It's very high, and so they sinter and crack, and and little bits of those stuffs come out through cracks in the fuel cans, and eventually they get out some one way or another. They they get out of the chimneys. And, I mean, we know how much of it comes out of the chimneys. It was published by the United Nations in in the. There's 1990s. no way to put a scrubber on the chimney and stop that. Then, um, not really. They're, I mean, they do do that. The, the chimneys do do reduce the amount coming out they have precipitation systems they have these huge chimneys that so that the stuff the stuff sticks to the side and comes out and uh-huh. so forth some, some of it some of it gets out and a lot of it doesn't get out but any, yeah. but anyways enough of it gets out to cause child leukemia in people living nearby so can can you you know i don't think almost anybody understands how a nuclear power plant works in the general public so what's the process essentially um, the process is that that, that if you ra- if uranium, well, it's, if you take if you take uranium, uranium produces neutrons. Uranium two three five produces neutrons, and so if you make a mix that produces a slow number of neutrons, and you put the put pellets close to each other, then the neutron uh, flux, the amount of neutron increases, and so neutrons cause fission of the uranium itself. Okay, and the uh, neutron uh, is a part of the nucleus of the atom. Yes, yes. And the atom right. is decomposing. And yeah, so the, the atom is changing. Are coming into, out. Yeah, that's right. It's, 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 it's fissioning. So, so it produces new elements. It, it produces a lot of heat, but at the same time, the fissioning produces a lot of new elements. There's a whole load of new elements. I mean, like enormous number of, a lot of them, most of them have very short half-lives, so they don't last very long. And this but is happening in nature from the ore too, right? 
That that doesn't happen because the neutron flux isn't high enough. The, the, there is okay. some evidence. There's some evidence that long ago in some uranium mine in Gabon in Africa, there was a small amount of fissioning taking place. So, so somebody has detected plutonium because it has a very long half life. <laughs> detected some plutonium, but very very small micro, microscopic amounts. So when you concentrate the essential parts of it, that fission becomes an issue. That's right. And, and you have to prevent it becoming too much of an issue, otherwise your nuclear power station just blows up. You know? Yeah, that's a problem, right? That's, that's what happened in Fukushima. That's what a happened. Lot, a lot less profitable that way too. Yeah. So, so Ch- Ch- Fukushima and Chernobyl blew up because because they overheated and and the, the fuel melted. And when it melted, of course, a lot of it came together, and then it went bang. So, what produces all that heat? Because the the heat apparently is so extraordinary that it can take years to cool off after you shut the plant down, if I understand it correctly. Well, yes, that, that's right. That's right. And the, 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 there is a lot of heat associated with the, with the fission products. You know, anything that's radioactive shoots off electrons or it shoots off alpha particles and they hit things. And when they hit things, the things that they hit get hot. I see. Okay. Um, it's just energy. So, so w- once you get all of these new radionuclides, the energy uh, of de- the decay energy of these radionuclides is such that that whatever they hit gets hot, and so so that gets hot, so it gets hotter and hotter. So it has to be cooled. I mean, it's not cooled, then it, then it then it um, you get more of this stuff coming together, and you can get an explosion, or you can get hydrogen explosions, or all sorts of nasty things can happen. How could something get so hot that it doesn't cool off for years? Well, the half-life of uh, uranium is is ten is four point seven times ten to the nine years, a billion years. Okay. 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 So, and you and you've got other downstream products like plutonium and uranium and, and uh, uranium, thorium two thirty and radium two two six. All these things. Right. They're, they're all very radioactive. And well, if you so it's. The- not that it got too hot, it's that it keeps getting hot. It keeps producing more. It's, yeah, yes, more yes, heat. It's, it's radioactive. Radioactivity produces heat. And they do the, they, that's why they need vast amounts of water to keep pouring over it. That's right. Yeah. That's counteract right. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even when they take this stuff and bury it in the ground, they still got to allow for the fact that it gets very hot. So they have to conduct the heat away somehow. So in, in this, in the Swedish, uh, idea of the repository in the force mark they they have copper canisters so they bury it in copper canisters the idea is that the copper conducts away the heat but we're talking about ten thousand years right we're not talking about right. which is the ha- you know the half-life well so many questions in what you're bringing up was the problem in fukushima basically that because of the earthquake the cooling ability stopped yes okay. that's that is the problem uh, okay. and, and when the cooling ability stopped, the the the, the fissioning uh, uranium just became hotter and hotter and hotter and right. hotter. And, that and then is, all, is, all, all the water disappeared. And then what happened is right. it melted. And it all melted down into the bottom of the of the reactor pressure vessel. And at right. that point, at that point, it, it went critical and exploded. I mean, what they say, what the nukes say, is that it was a hydrogen explosion, but that isn't true. It was a nuclear explosion. It was a prompt criticality, and we know that from measuring, from measurements that were made of the uh, xenon isotope ratios. You can tell the difference between fissioning and non-fissioning on the basis of some of the some of the down, uh, fission products. And, and the, the important fission products are, are two xenon isotopes, and the ratio of the xenon isotopes tells you 
whether it was a nuclear explosion or whether it wasn't. And the so same thing in Chernobyl. So was it like a nuclear bomb? Yes, it was. Wow. I don't think that's in the news. No, it's not in the news because, <laughs> they, because the news is, is, uh, is controlled. That and, might and, make people uncomfortable. And, you know, some of the people that are questioning what went on at Fukushima are saying quickly after it happened, they started selling the food that was grown in Fukushima. And I remember that. And they also started letting people back to visit. So what what was going on with well, this, that? This is because of this is because of the thing that I've fought all my life, well not all my life, you know, the last thirty years. Right. It's the risk model, you see. This is what they do. They take the risk model is wrong. The risk model which is based on Hiroshima and the lifespan study is dishonestly manipulated and the and the limits that it produce produces based on the concept of dose is actually um Wrong. It's just, just wildly incorrect. Uh, but, of course, what they can do is they can say, hey, look, if you eat a fish that's got this amount of cesium in it, you'll only get a dose of tiddly-widdly-woo, and that can't possibly hurt you. Exactly. But actually, it's not true. It's just not true because the risk model is wrong, and the, and the concept of dose is wrong because dose is energy per unit mass. And to, to give you an idea of what that means, I said earlier, energy per unit mass, you can sit in front of a fire and warm yourself, uh-huh. and then so much energy per so much mass, you know, like 80 kilograms and so many joules. But actually, you can get the same amount of dose by reaching into the fire, picking out a hot coal and eating it. Because yeah. it's, it's much, much, you see, I mean, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same methodology. Your efficiency it, it, goes way up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's one of the big questions that people were asking about Fukushima is why are they allowing tourists in now? Why is it full of people? You know, why are they, why have they been selling the food grown on the soil there since because right, they, at, yeah, right after? Yeah, the, the answer is that they have a, they have an inappropriate and dishonest risk model. That's, that's the answer. And most people don't understand this. So it's not a very healthy place to live at this point. It's, it was, it's, no, after the explosion, it was not a very healthy place to live. And, and, and in fact, lots of people probably died as a result of it, but the Japanese government will not permit anyone to get any data that will show that. That's the problem. Wow, really interesting. And so that should... You, can't, you, you just can't get cancer data for, for, from, from those areas. And any doctor who says anything... I mean, I've done a lot of work with these Japanese um, anti-nuclear people and also with the lawyers there. That, right. That they brought in laws to say that anybody, any doctor or scientist who starts saying that there's a problem, they get locked up. Wow. This is a a theme that's gone on in so many areas where things like this are are blocked. It's also a question of half-life, too, because if they were honest about the half-life of the offending uh, isotopes in a place like Fukushima and gave you a correct length of time to stay away, what do you think it would be? Well... The pro- the problem is yeah well I I would say that it's not about half life it's a, it's about it's about particles the right but the particles is, eventually become harmless right if you wait long enough yeah, uh, yeah the, the uranium particles become harmless harmless after two points uh, after four point seven times ten to the nine years that's four point seven that's, that's the length years. of time I'm talking about that's the half life of uranium yeah and that's just one half life. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are shorter. The, the half life of cesium one three seven 
which is the one they always use because it's easy to measure using gamma spectroscopy. The half-life of that stuff is 30 years, roughly 30 years. So in 30 years' time, if, if you had 100 units of cesium contaminating Fukushima, uh-huh. uh, in 30 years it would be 50 units. Right, and so you don't, in, in you another, don't just, another, you don't just wait one half-life. No, of course not. I mean, if it's a hundred, if, if, if like one unit kills you, then and there's a hundred units to start with. Uh-huh. And then after thirty years, it's fifty units. Then after another thirty years, it's twenty-five units. Then after another thirty years, it's twelve and a half units right. and so on. So it's not something that just suddenly goes away. It just falls off exponentially. So the authorities have encouraged all these people to keep living there, basically, and eating. Well, it's all about money, ultimately. I mean, you know, that they can't, they, in Chernobyl, at least in Chernobyl, what they did is kept people out. They, then they still keep people out. So there's an exclusion zone there, which still is in existence. Nobody's going back there. Right. So, but it's so the same. Sense, the, Russians are more, the Russians have been more reason, reasonable about it than, than, the, than the Japanese. Yeah. Well, in America, we're not allowed to say the Russians are reasonable about anything. No, I know, I know. They're, I know, they're no, defined as bad. Only the I mean, Americans are good. I know. I mean, what the things that are going on in that area are just absolutely beyond belief. I mean, they're now they're, they're now saying that um, God, what was it that, that there was some library in Florida where they had to change the name from the Karl Marx Library to something else? Yeah, you know, and, and, they've, Russian. Okay. and they they're working so hard to save everybody because they found that even these tennis players are really evil. Because yes, this I know. I know Tchaikovsky. I mean, we're not, you know, there's uh, some Swedish uh, Tchaikovsky. There was a Tchaikovsky um, celebration, you know, where all these people came from all over the world to play Tchaikovsky. They cancelled it because Tchaikovsky is a Russian. Right? Exactly. Yeah. They just caught it in time, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, people were actually wondering, you know, that to talk to me. How could Fukushima have been that bad? How could even Hiroshima and Nagasaki have been that bad? Because everybody, they showed pictures of the bustling metropolis now. You know, everybody's there and really active. And it hasn't been that long since World War II. Yeah, but th- this is not, this is not, a, an, if, if one has to deal with these sorts of stresses, these sorts of situations are the, are the, are the, the, the true study is epidemiology. You can't you can't look at the survivors of, of some kind of horrible catastrophe and say that the catastrophe didn't occur because they're survivors. I mean, that, that's not right. epidemiology. That's just absurdity. Yeah, right. Absurdity is being sold as as legitimate science now, though. Well, well, yeah. I mean, every, everything is up for grabs now. I mean, science is. I think science actually. I do believe that science is the last free area. If it um, was real. But now, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. You, you know, science is supposed to question everything, especially what the scientist thinks is true, right? Everything. And now science has been changed to memorizing acceptable information. Well, that's true. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that with horrifying uh, clarity uh, in, this, uh, in, in the business of COVID-19. I mean, that's, exactly. that's a fantastic example. Of, yeah. of they, will get, they will prove the existence of the virus any time now, as soon as they get around to it. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at it, but the definition of isolation of a virus has been changed 
so that you put in all these antibiotics and contaminants and everything together. And if any cells die, you assume it's from a virus and you name it. It's, there's some well, errors. There, there, there's some, I tell you what, in all of these areas, uh, uh, me, looking because I've been in this game since 1985, when, you know, when I started working for the Green Party. And then I, they made me the Green English Green Party. I was the science and technology speaker, the time, you know, shadow minister of science and technology. So I, I'm extreme. I'm very, very interested in the way in which belief is constructed and, and the way in which science is is dishonestly um, uh, point a, aimed at, at proving more or less anything governments or big business want to prove. And, right, uh, right. And, and and the situation now is. Is so bizarre. We've got to the level of of cartoon cartoon absurdity, you know, that the things that go on now in this area, and it, and with the with the increasing realization by the powerful that the internet is the important place. So we now have the information biosphere, and they have to control the information biosphere, and that's what yeah. they're, they're, they're bloody well doing exactly that. That's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So the challenge for humanity. If you understand the direction and the trajectory where things are going right now, is to turn everything around somehow, right? Yes, somehow. That's, that's a very good, <laughs> very good, you know, addendum. Um, I, 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 be- I believe that. Uh, I believe, for me anyway, and I, 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 I've been, I've been more or less t- stripped off the internet um, after I was attacked in uh, over Fukushima by by the English columnist George Monbiot. Uh, in the Guardian. Prior to that, I used to get front pages of all sorts of newspapers, and I discovered all sorts of things, and they would follow it. But more or less, following Fukushima, that's been it. So what I what I do now is I get scientific papers into the peer review literature, and and that is important. That is important because scientists, even if they're bad scientists, they look at these things and they think, well, you know, this is it. We're going to have to give up. We're going to put up, put up our hands and run for cover because at some point they're going to go to jail, just like in the Canticle for Leibovitz. You know, they, yeah. the people are going to figure it all out and hang them from lampposts because they, they actually are. These, these risk model problems and, the, and also the other thing to do with mobile phones and to, and to do with the, 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 this vaccine, which was obviously a bioweapon. Anybody can see that. Yeah. Um, well, anybody except the whole world, you know, that listens to mainstream media and things like that. Because yes. it's told that if it kills you, that means it's working. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, okay. So, but at the end of the day, you have to decide what to do with your life. You know, I mean, you could take right. the blue pill and go and join all these idiots, you know, and just say, well, okay, well, yeah. everything's fine. Or you can get angry about it and you can say, no, I mean, my life is such that, that I, I mean, with me, now I'm 76, you know, I'm, and I've been doing this, I've been playing this game for like 30 years and I'm increasingly looking behind whatever it is and trying to see what's driving it, you know, right from the beginning, like going right back. My own opinion right. is that a lot, a lot of the problem is rational thought. I mean, I know it must sound a bit crazy, but I think that the... The Renaissance, you know, the, 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 the sort of 1700 sort of decision to, to, to look rationally at everything with all those philosophers like Kant and Hegel and, and Locke and so forth. Yeah. And they created a new world in which people could use rational thought as a weapon. 
And of course, it's not really rational thought, but they can they can no. sell it. They can sell their crazy ideas as a rational thought. How you define can, rational really makes a big difference. Well, if you take r- rational thought is is um, if this then that basically. And then you base it all on science. You say, here's the experimental results. You know, you, you say science is the answer. So we can see this evidence and this evidence and this evidence, and we can put it all up on a wall, and we can rationally analyze it and come to a conclusion. But the problem is that, that, that if you put all this evidence up on a wall, it doesn't necessarily lead to one conclusion. So the scientists who who want to push it in one direction because they want to keep nuclear, if if you take nuclear weaponry or, or mm-hmm. even mobile phones or anything, they can choose the the the, I, the evidence that they want to assemble the model that they that they want and that their masters want in order to make money. Right, but uh, this is departing from rational thought. So it no, wasn't no, it's perfectly it, rational. It's perfectly rational. It's just that, that it's like it's garbage in, garbage out. I mean, if you can say a computer is rational. You know, in, in the, it can only do certain But you give operations. it all the assumptions to work from, right? Yes, yes. Well, that's the problem. That is the problem. It's a, how do you interpret data? So it's the motive of the original programmer. Yes. Of, of what's put in as rational. Yes, exactly. Of what, of what data is, is... You see, for instance, if you take radiation and the, the concept of dose... It's perfectly rational and for, for the guy who started all this, bloke called Herbert Parker, who was a physicist, uh-huh. to say that dose, uh, radiation dose is obviously the amount of energy imparted from radiation to the target. And I mean, and that's rational, absolutely rational. Okay. And so he creates this, creates this thing called dose, which is like millisieverts or milligrays or whatever it is. And they, and they transfer this idea into, then, and this is irrational, looking at cancer in people, because the problem is that people are not ionization chambers. They're not like a bag of water into which you put energy and then the temperature goes up. They have enormously sophisticated, complicated systems, right. DNA repair and, and, and uh, cellular replication and a whole range of, of chemicals which reduce the effects of ionization, you know, by mopping up the ions and so on. Terribly, terribly complicated. But but the ra- the rational thought bit is that it's a physicist who's doing it. And if you go to a doctor or you go to a biologist or, or somebody else and you say, hey, look, what do you think is going on here? They'll say, well, this is all nonsense. Well, yeah, they're measuring energy taken in as, as simple heat. Yeah, more or less. Right, like sitting in front of a fire. Yeah. And so by that rationale, they would say sitting in front of a fire does far more damage. Well, except that they say that there are coefficients relating to the amount of cancer that you get from from that amount of energy, uh, and they get that from the lifespan study. So it's not like a simple thing, you know. First of all, you measure. First of all, you get the concept of measuring radiation, and here it is, dose. Okay, uh-huh. but then in order to see how many, how, what the health effect is, then you have to go and see. Uh, look at people who, who've had a dose and see right. how much cancer they've got over people who haven't had a dose and how much cancer they've got, you see? So that's the model. That is a rational model, but it's complete nonsense because, first of all, they left out the internal radiation. They threw away their um, their, their uh, um, not-in-city control group. They did all sorts of things which led them to the, follow- the, the, the situation we have now. But every single step of what they what they did could be could could be um, defended on the basis of it was rational. 
But actually, the overall result of it is not rational. It's a load of nonsense. And it's right. So it depends how you define rational, because if you limit your assumptions to the acceptable ones, then what comes out of that rationally is incomplete. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, okay, okay. But it's still in this area of what is rational thought. Yeah. Um, because you see, if you, if, I mean, what they say, see, women, right, is a good example. I mean, they always say women are irrational. Um, in the anti-nuclear movement, I've noticed there are more women than men. Yeah. And, and what the women say is, hey, look, you know, this is radiation. It causes cancer. I'm not going to put my child into that place where there's a nuclear power station because she'll die of cancer or she might. Right. And so, and so what happens is that the nu- nuclear scientists, you know, which they're many because there's lots of money and they get paid, they come out and say, ha, 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 irrational woman. Right. Actually, exactly. woman's right, though, you see. That's the point. She's right. Y- yeah, that's the only thing. So uh, when I... I agree with you that what you want to do if you're interested in solving this is to find out where it comes from and what's behind it. And I've agreed with you looking at this for decades that there's money is a big issue, but in, in the chain of command at the top levels, there are many way above the money issue and they're doing it for other reasons because you actually can't, you can make money doing things that are good. That is possible. And yet... Well, I guess so, but I've never been very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not supported very much. No. But, but we have in America and most of the world, I think, you have this influence of these groups that do things because they're harmful. And it, and it's, it stays camouflaged because average normal people can't imagine that that would be a motive. Well, I, I must say, I can't imagine that it would be a motive. I, I had a girlfriend who used to, used to go down this road, uh-huh. and, I, and I used to say, well, why? Why do they do it? And why would they want to do it? I mean, she would then head off into sort of the realm of lizards from outer space and this kind of thing, you know? Uh, right. Um, but, I mean, why would, an, why would any ordinary person, let's say, let's assume someone like you and me were just a bad guy, but why would they want to do it? What, what's, what's the gain for them? I can understand the gain for somebody wanting to have nuclear weapons because they exercise power, and ultimately they okay. can steal things from, from poor countries because the poor sure. countries like sure. Iraq, they don't right. have nuclear weapons. Right. No, this is the idea. It's more, it's not rational, it's religious, based it's it's what's called satanic and uh we have for example in our country a big organization called planned parenthood and they specialize in killing unborn babies and they do tens of millions of them and we have seen employees that are there that are there not for the money but because they can basically get paid to do a satanic ritual of killing a baby, and that, that's literally what they explain. That's what they want it for. And if you have one of those cases, then you start to realize where else could this be happening. And uh, there is a man named Ronald Bernard that you may or may not have heard of years ago that got into the high-level global banking system, which people think is all about, you know, the people that don't understand it think it's legitimate money service. The ones that have more understanding of it realize it's a scam of lending money you don't have and basing an empire on that 
and making it up. But at the levels that are higher up, which he got to, it was satanic sacrifices. And those are the ones that had the power. And it wasn't for money. They already had all the money they wanted. And they were doing it for destruction. And it, it's a dark force and it, it's its own motive. And it's not, I, I suppose you could call anything rational. But the motives that drove that kind of rationality were for, to cause pain and suffering. And that's exactly their motive. And at the top level, above those guys, and obviously, you know, this would sound crazy, all of that would sound crazy to the average person. But it's taken me a long time to go into this stuff. And at the top levels above that, they believe in the doctrine of sacrifice in many scriptures. And, And what it says, essentially, is that if you find an innocent being the more innocent, the better, a baby or a virgin or an animal like a sheep or a spiritual teacher or anybody like that, and you kill them according to a certain exact protocol, which is usually stretched out and prolonged, and certain notices are involved, milestones you have to hit, things like that, then you do it, and when they die, um, God is really happy with you. And you get all kinds of rewards. This is a serious belief system. And this is at the top level above the money. And and this is being carried out. And what it looks like to me, and I haven't heard this around, although it seems a logical conclusion, is that the best sacrifice these people could think of was the whole biosphere. And that's exactly what they're doing. And once that's understood, everything that's going on makes sense. Not just humans, but they're destroying the animal and, and, you know, vegetable kingdom and trees and microbes and everything's being decimated and it keeps going. And, and it's not for money because if you kill a planetary life system, the biosphere, the profit margins go down because nobody's alive. And that's exactly where they're going. And it's not an unforeseen side effect because a lot of these people have very high IQs. They're what you would call intelligent. But they're not intelligent in terms of thinking that this is a good idea. But once that's understood, and it's emotionally really difficult for most people to seriously even look at it, um, then you know what, what the uh, chess puzzle is that we have to solve in three moves. Or whatever well, the, time we've got left, I'm I'm quite <laughs> I, I'm quite open to any theory that 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 tries to explain what's going on. Um, my 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 question about all of this would be that would be this: would the, that if the, if that is true, then what should one do in order to stop it happening? I mean, the the point about a belief system is it's only as good as uh, it's information uh, on on uh, process on on, um, on 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 behavior on what you should do. Uh, you know, for instance, like if you if you're Christian, if you're one of these you know modern Catholic, uh, Jesus Christian types, you know, mm-hmm. they, they they would have some kind of answer about what they should do. But none of it seems to be actually doing the sort of thing that I'm doing. I mean, what they're doing is praying, you know. So, okay, well, maybe that would work, but there's no evidence that it is working. It depends. Um, I mean, there are some Christians that believe that they have to do all these beneficial acts in the world as much as they can. 
And there's a lot of them in America trying to reclaim the legitimacy of the government and things like that, not only praying. So it depends on the individual. But I think some okay, feel okay, that they have to okay, do good but then if you believe, then if you believe in, in this sort of like ultimate evil um, power or, st- or group uh, who, who, who want to do all this stuff because they, there is some un- unexplained uh, advantage to them in causing pain and suffering. Okay, so, so here we have this group, the pain and suffering group, or, or yeah. the Satanists or whatever we want to call them, okay? Right. So first of all, what I would ask myself uh, is is how would they gain power or how would they gain anything at all? Right, I that's call, a good question. But of course, that is, I could say, yes, okay, there might be some sort of magical fluid that they get as a result of slaughtering a baby. I mean, I, I can believe that. That's possible. Yeah. Um, but then what do you do? You see, what, 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 are you, what if you're opposed to this? And, and most people, I would have thought, if they, if they believed that was, the, were, that was the case, right. they wouldn't be opposed to Nobody wants to see babies slaughtered. So then what do we do? You know, what do we do? No sane person does. Yeah. I mean, right now there are bills being proposed in America and some of the states to do abortion after birth. Really? Absolutely. Isn't that extraordinary? Well, that's murder, that abortion after birth. Well, no, no, that's abortion, and it's, our, it's you know, legitimate in law. Oh, right. If it's passed. You know, well, you I mean, mean they're going to say that if a, if a woman doesn't want to have a baby and the baby is born, they can just kill it, right? Uh, they may have to have the doctor do it. I don't know. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, a doctor would look at the yeah. baby and say, oh, yes, all right, well, um, I think this baby, uh, the mother wants it killed because it's got five fingers or six fingers or whatever. Or we don't have the money this month, you know, it's really... Yeah, or we don't have the money this month, that's right, so we kill the baby. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, but that all comes back to the sacredness of life, really. That's right, that's and that, that's being taught as an old-fashioned idea that, you know, is not rational. But but we're looking at different things. This is the general public's insanity, mental yeah. illness. But well, I have to I have to say, Richard, that I've always thought that the Americans are insane. Okay, I mean, I've been there several times and talked to a lot of American people. Of course, obviously, not all of them, you know. And yeah. But they have a they do have a very interesting and peculiar, childish sort of weird way of seeing the world, uh, coming from where I come from, and I find it rather scary. So I, I try not to go there. I go there quite a lot for these court cases, or I have done. But, I mean, wherever I go there, I, I, the people I talk to, I, they're like sort of children who've been brainwashed in some way, you know. They're like, There's a really like, focused brainwashing uh, campaign against people in America, and I think it's because it's a major target having some memory of the concept of individual freedom. It's, well, a, it's, that, yeah. it's yeah. a fading memory, but it's there, and it's a threat to the power structure. So there's a lot. There's a lot of problems associated with with, uh, with all these new definitions of genders and transgenders, and yeah, the, that didn't come up just by chance. I mean, this no. is a coordinated program to drive people. No, I, I agree. I agree. It, and all of these things, what they're intended to do is to strip from strip from you your individuality, so that you then become some kind of zombie, and and just believe everything that you're told. And yeah, just, the issue is blind faith of authority. You know, yeah. and the people that take on these beliefs—they're obviously crazy, but the authority says it, and. I mean, the person might even have a white coat. I mean, like, forget it. Whatever they say, it has to be true. Mm. And it's on the news and very psychological operation of the news media. 
but yeah, well, the, I ran away from all of this. I mean, I, I've been an outsider all my life, and I ran, I, I ran away from from England about three or four years ago to come and live here in the forest in Latvia. Um, and, have, and, and I just look, I'm just like like one of these, you know, J.G. Ballard science fiction stories. I sort of sit mm. here in the middle of nowhere, watching it all collapse through a telescope. You know. So, how's the government of Latvia? Is it pretty good? No, it's pretty awful. I mean, it's just been taken over by the United States in the last five years. Okay. Well, Great Britain, in fact, not the United, but anyway, it's the same thing. And so now we've got all of these tanks and helicopters and soldiers in, in funny uniforms running right. around, you know, like monkeys on the border saying that Putin is going to march in and eat the babies. And Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like, again, blind faith of authority and um, mm. people are just following orders. Just like the famous line from World War Two, all these yeah. le- levels. You no, know, it's, it's absolutely, like, absolutely like that. And and this whole this whole Ukrainian thing is just complete Hollywood. It's complete Baudrillard. You know, they, yeah. they, they've got they've got the, the the young actor standing with his t shirt in front of the Russian evil tanks and right, and whole, right, the right. Works, it is. You know? the whole, did you see a, Did you see a movie called Wag the Dog? No, I didn't. know. Do, that's a good movie. Is that, oh my God, yeah, okay. yeah. Dustin Hoffman and some other people in that. It's um, about how a war is staged Hollywood style. Oh think, right, well, and this is exactly it, isn't it? They must have used that as a script. Yeah, but I think the problem is that um, you know the Russians had actually captured the laboratories that they knew existed. And they've got documented proof now. Yes, yes. That, but nobody, but nobody's allowed to listen to what the Russians say. That's the trouble. No, thing. in fact, you know, you probably run the problem of getting put in jail if you start. What country was it that just passed a law that anybody that um, says anything about unacceptable about the war in Ukraine would be arrested? That's starting. Yeah, no, that's that's starting. I, I didn't know about that, but I mean, it's, it's more or less more or less the situation here. If you start take, saying Putin, you know, is okay, and and this is all Hollywood, yeah, and, you know, CIA and all that stuff, you know, you get into deep shit. So I, I, I exactly, I yeah. There was a this little incident that happened in 1962. You probably heard about it. It was called the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I was before. I mean, that that's why I came in on this business of nuclear bombs. I can tell you, right? And President Kennedy, who I had a lot of problems, but probably good motivation, said, "You can't do that, and we're going to blow up Cuba if you don't take the missiles out." And they took the missiles out. But in the case of the Ukraine situation, they didn't take out the weapons. No. And this is exactly what Kennedy would have done. And also, you have to, it is in fact true that the that Ukraine had 60, 50, 60 kilograms of plutonium, tons of plutonium. Oh, wow. You know, and they were talking about making, because they, 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 they said that we need to have nuclear weapons to protect ourselves. So that's, that's why Putin went in and took, took out the nuclear power station. The first thing they did is they went to Chernobyl and to Zaporizhia and took the plutonium. Now, that was in the form that was used for power plants, right? Uh, it, no, no, that, that was in the form that was used for weapons. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And that's they aside don't, they from... Don't, they don't burn plutonium in power plants. They burn uranium in power plants. So plutonium is a side is a, is a, okay. side of it. it's a byproduct, and they use it for bombs. So plutonium comes from uranium being processed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uranium-238 neutro- plus a neutron gives you plutonium-239. 
Okay. Okay. And that's aside from the issue of the biological weapons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought that I didn't know about the biological, well, I knew about the biological weapons, but I was pretty sure that the main reason that Putin went in there was to get the plutonium before something bad happened. Because that sort of plutonium is, is handleable, you know, it's not a huge radiological hazard. You just have to, to get two lumps of those things and fire them together in a cannon and you've got a huge nuclear bomb. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so there was al- almost the only thing that could have been done from a defensive point of view from Russia is to get those plants to stop. Yes, that's right, yeah. get the plutonium out. Well, not to get the, get the plants to stop, but to get the stockpile of plutonium that was there. Right, but also the stockpile of biological weapons. Yes, 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 that's right. Well, anyway, they, 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 I mean, I, I'm in touch with a lot of Russians here. I get a lot of information. You know, I used to write for RT at one time long ago um and i like the russians you know they're, they're okay and, yeah. and Putin, putin's not a good guy but he's certainly a very clever guy and right. what he's trying to do quite clearly what all this is about in my opinion is to is to is to is to finish off the u.s dollar as as the trade currency as a hedge of money currency that's that's the problem there dollars the, the u.s can just print as many dollars as they like because they've got the trade currency they lose the trade currency if someone else brings in another currency then they're truly you know right wiped out. well they can and that's why that's why they went into libya that's why they went into iraq same thing because because saddam hussein was setting up the uh a dinar the arabic dinar and right. uh, and so was gaddafi well gaddafi was basing it on gold and and he was going to share yes, that. Well, that's a very good thing. And in fact, the Russians are doing that too. The Russians are buying gold. I know. And they're going to buy that eliminates gold. In, that eliminates inflation, and it means the money can't be destroyed. Yeah. And Gaddafi that, was going to share right. that with all the African countries. Yes. Yeah. Gaddafi so the, was a good guy. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, you're not allowed to say that, but that's true, and. uh I mean, he, he was even giving most of the nationalized oil business revenue to the people. In yes, terms of right. edu- I, 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 knew, I knew a lot of Libyans. I, I, I had a friend who visited Gaddafi. Gaddafi was interested in green politics, and he got in touch with us yeah. when I was up in the Green Party to talk about green politics. He, right. he was, he was a, a good, good guy. Now, you know that that's being used in the U.S. and probably other Western nations to destroy countries in the name of environmentalism. Yes. In other words, block the block the really advanced energy clean sources and shut off the dirty ones in the name of the environment to destroy well, the in the name of freedom and democracy. Yeah, let's exactly. Not, let's not forget that. It's like what was Superman's original uh, slogan in the 1950s? Uh, Truth, justice and the American way or something like that, I think. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> and then you were also the saying the funny thing. Funny, the amusing thing about Superman is that is that he was in, he, he he was in Metropolis, Illinois. Okay, yeah. And Metro- yeah. Metropolis, Illinois, is just across the river from the Paducah uranium plant, and and there's a Metropolis plant as well producing uranium for weapons. So, do you um, think that's why he disappeared because he was about <laughs> to attack the nuclear plant? I don't know why that, but I can tell you why everybody over there is dying of cancer. Right. And you were asking about the motive for the people that wanted to do bad things. Yes, yes, go on. Because I think that's important. And I had uh, some interaction with one of the satanic church members who got his start early as a high school person. And 
he said they used to meet in the boys' bathroom and turn off the lights and look in the mirror and do certain ceremonies, and they would see a form appear in the mirror that was glowing and producing light and telling them what to do. And I've heard other accounts of the same thing. So there's there are non-human elements, non-physical, that are leading this thing and motivating it. Okay, well then one would assume that they're not very powerful because they've had a lot of years to deal with it and they haven't succeeded, have they? Well, they've been building it up slowly and they think that they're at the culmination now. And if you're asking what needs to be done, that needs to be reversed. Yes. Okay, well, well, I mean, the only way I know how to reverse it is to... Is to you see, you can't take on everything. I mean, you're just, the life, you, you don't have enough energy to, to take on everything. And I don't want to sort of immerse my life totally in all of this stuff. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to walk away from it. So what, so what I do is I pick my target. You know, there's the chessboard. And you look on the chessboard, you look for the weak point. Uh-huh. And then, and then, then, I, then I go for that. And the, and the weak point is the radiation risk model of the, um, the nuclear military complex. Because if I can take that, and I'm pretty much taking that, then, um, then they have to stop. They have to stop. The, all of their, their ships are powered by nuclear engines, and all the, and all the, 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 all the um, sailors are all dying of cancer. And I've published on that, too. You're talking about the nuclear submarines. I'm talking about nuclear submarines, but also nuclear ships, nuclear aircraft carriers, USS Ronald Reagan. They've all got nuclear engines. Officially, officially those are all safe for the personnel, right? Yes, but I'm I'm doing a court case in Scotland for a nuclear submarine guy in England who died of lymphoma. And I'm winning that case. These reactors are, are very small or relatively small. Right. And they're relatively leaky. So all the shit that gets produced by these reactors ends up inside of the, the, the tin box, which is the ship, you see. So that, so the sailors all get cancer. I, I, I did a study that was published in 2017, 18, something like that, where, where I looked at uh, the, the, U, the U.S. Navy um, mistakenly let me have some data, which enabled me to do an epidemiological study that showed that the sailors on nuclear ships have got a tenfold excess of cancer relative to the normal pop- relative to the U.S. population. Wow. And that's up there. It's published in the peer-reviewed literature, you know, and sooner or later somebody's going to use that in a court case and, and so on, you know. The problem I have at the moment is that increasingly Google is 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 uh, stopping people from finding these papers. You know, they just get yes, I know they get sort of pushed down to the bottom of the list. And eventually, if they have this new law, it could well be that they'll just say that this is this on this is disinformation, even though it is published in the peer review literature. Yeah, the the public is so trusting now, with so much blind faith in authority they're not able to grasp the basic fallacy of the whole disinformation game. Yeah, but I, I'm not, you know, let's not be too, 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 too bad on these people. I mean, their lives are so difficult. You know, most people's lives are so difficult. They're sort of struggling away to try and make ends meet and to try That's and right. the system and go to work and have their wife love them and have their children love them and all this stuff, you know. Well, so I don't think it's their fault at all. No, and they're subject to this intentional program of brainwashing. So it's a real challenge to see how to stop it, you know, because they're watching the television. Mm. 
The other thing I think that might be useful, and I'm, I'm doing, I've done a bit of that too, is is, um, is music. You know, you can you can make you need. We need to make ourselves, or we need to make somebody into a kind of the, the sort of hero that they've made Zelensky into. You know, right? So like like Che Guevara. You know, people go around and they have a T-shirt with Che Che Guevara. Yeah, so we need to get some heroes and and to push push the heroes. Of course, I mean the poor heroes might well get bumped off, but anyway, it's right. one way of doing it. <laughs> so, are you looking for them? Have you found them? No, I'm looking for me. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to make myself into one of these heroes. I think that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Because I have a, I have a tremendous following. You know, people people tend to believe what I say actually because it's true and it's perfectly bloody obvious that it's true. Right. Um, and so, you know, I get a lot of a lot of credibility uh, that enables me to stand up to these people and say, "No, look, I'm sorry, you're wrong." Because so, what's the main way that you're reaching your followers at this point? YouTube it would be the main way, but I haven't really done much of it lately because I've been what I've been doing is uh, doing the the radiation um, cases, the, the radiation science. You know, I've, I've been doing that. So, but I, but I had this idea before of creating a kind of like Superman, Chris Busby. You know, and I think that's a wonderful stuff. idea. Singing, you know, and because uh, I can sing and I can play musical instruments and I can entertain people. You know, do you, like, do you write your own music or you sing other? Yeah, yeah. No, I write my own music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd be very happy to give you more of a platform if you want it. Because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Your, okay. Your songs have messages, right? Yeah. Well, my, my, well, actually, mostly they're sad messages about love. But the, but the point is that uh, even so, they they're good songs, you know, and people right. like them. So so they'll think, okay, he's he's a great guy because I like him because he sings nice songs about love, sad songs <laughs> about love, and so on. I, I've done a few protest songs as well, but mainly my songs are sad songs about love. Um, so why so did what? It- so what, you know? Why, are, why do you think they're sad? I don't know, because I'm sad, that's why. I, I, I'm happy, but I have a sort of, I, I, it's, it's like ABBA, you know, if you, if you talk, there was an interview with that guy who wrote all the ABBA songs. Yeah. And he said, basically, basically all our songs are sad, even the sort of bouncy ones, you know, like, like right. uh, Super Trooper and all those ones, you know, ultimately they have a message, which is life is sad and love is sad. But wonderful. And I wonder if that's unavoidable or if it's just a condition that could be. No, I, I think it's on. I think it's unavoidable. I mean, we're all going to die, right? I mean, this is where we start. We're, we're not going to live forever, although I, I kind of hope that I will, but I know I won't. It's like Woody Allen says, you know, I, I don't mind dying, but I don't want to be there when it happens. Yeah, exactly. Well, the hospitals are making sure that that's the case because they'll drug you out and you don't know what's going on. Well, I tell you what, I didn't. I didn't take any bloody um, vaccine, okay? And I had a little bit of COVID, which lasted about a week, and then that's it, you know. But all the yeah. people I know, all the people I know that got really serious COVID and almost died, they all were vaccinated up to the eyeballs. Yeah, and many of them are so much into the mentality of that that they'll say, "I'm so happy that I was vaccinated because I know it would have been way worse." 
You know, yes, yes, I, I know, know, I know. Of course, you, can, you, you can't. You, it's like it's like going to a lunatic asylum and like trying to persuade somebody yeah. who thinks that they're Napoleon that they're not Napoleon. They they can always prove that they're Napoleon. Just yeah, self, exactly. Just Back self, to the self, rational people. thought. Yeah, yeah. So, That's if right. people want to stay in touch with your songs and what you're doing, how do they follow them? Well, just put Chris Busby into YouTube. You'll find them. Okay. Interesting that YouTube allows you to be there still. I think uh, their problem with me is that when I put something up that's dangerous, uh-huh. somebody, will cop- somebody will copy it. You know? so, so, so when I put it up, it goes you know, inside about a week or two, but then by that time, lots of different organizations have copied it and then put, back, put them back on YouTube. Okay. Good. That's encouraging. In fact, I'm gonna. I've got a whole. I, I had a whole um, load of songs. What maybe twenty songs that I had up on MySpace, but then MySpace disappeared, or or they they changed hands or something. Right. So I'm putting I'm putting these songs up onto YouTube now. Um, that's my, that's one of my projects. I do, I, do, I put a, put a few up from time to time. Are you doing anything with a website of any kind? Yeah, I've got I've got uh, various websites. The, ma- the main the main uh, power base that I have is called the European Committee on Radiation Risk. I put together a lot of dissident scientists on radiation. Is that a website it's a, name? Yeah, it's a Euradcom. E U R A D C O M. E U R A D C O M. Right. Euradcom dot and that's dot eu. Dot eu. Okay. Yeah, because the original dot com, they, they, the dot org, the original, we, we had it shot. We had it. They took it down. They 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 virused it and disappeared. Okay. Okay. So, so that's one. Then my other one is greenaudit.org. How do, you, how do you spell that slowly? Green audit, all lowercase. Green a u d i t. Greenaudit.com? dot org. O r g. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a, then I also contribute to one called LLRC.org. Dot org. I've heard of that. That's, what is what is that that's one? That's the low-level radiation campaign, which I formed and I started okay. in 1995. Okay. okay, okay, neat. So those, those are the main ones. Yeah. Well, I think you're succeeding at becoming an excellent Superman. So... I appreciate well, you doing that. I have to try and do that. I have to get. I have to get a costume. Yeah, yeah, that would be that. Really, be important. So, um, if you want to come back and do an update of some kind anytime, that would be greatly appreciated. Okay. But by the way, you were talking about about um, non-ionizing. The, 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 I've, I've written a fair bit on non-ionizing, which is on that website ECRR. So it's yeah, on that's there. a big subject too. And I've I've talked to various uh, scientific type people who have said these frequencies that they've chosen in the wireless uh, industry could be made into human friendly frequencies if they do them differently. Well, I'm not sure about that. The the the, the main problem is hemoglobin. I mean that that's the key the key to to the problems associated with with Wi-Fi is hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a magnetic it's a, a magnetic molecule. Uh-huh. And it pre- preferentially absorbs. You see, again, it's exactly the same argument that we had with uh, that I, I I had with with uh, non with ionizing radiation. It's about averaging. 
Averaging is a sort of rational thought way of approaching anything. And what they do with with uh, the non-ionizing radiation, with the Wi-Fi, is that they average it. So they say that the average temperature of the body, you know, when this energy is absorbed by tissue is less than one right. degree, we can't have an effect. But the problem is that the molecule hemoglobin is a magnetic molecule. Now, water is not a magnetic molecule in that sense. So hemoglobin gets heated up by this stuff and then gets destroyed. So then you get effects associated with, with that sort of thing, which is like you know lack of oxygen, which is like dizziness, breathlessness, dry cough, weakness, right. tiredness, and ultimately death. Um, so the problem is hemoglobin. And, and that's why we have to be very careful about exposing ourselves to to these to these frequencies of course the higher frequencies are much more dangerous so mm-hmm. you know with the, with the 5g where they start going up in frequency or they start focusing it and that's the problem with 5g is that they use array resonance to focus the energy well, to right the it's, it's different than a diffuse field right yeah and also what i've heard is if the tower that it's coming from is on one side of your body and you have a 5g device on the other side of your body that focused ray goes right through your body. Right. But then that would that would be okay if it goes right through your body, wouldn't it? I mean, it's if it's absorbed by your body is the problem. I mean, I, I've got a video up there that I did with a girlfriend a few years ago in, uh, in, in Sweden where I put my girlfriend between – I had a machine that measures this stuff – and I and there and there was the antenna about two hundred meters away, uh-huh. and so I, I measured the the field with my machine, and then I put her head in front of the thing, and the field dropped down by a factor of three or four. Wow! Which meant that the energy was going in her head. You see, that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. When I said goes right through you, I didn't mean none of it was lost. Right. Yeah, it could okay. be largely absorbed. Yeah. So I'm assuming that you have all of your devices hardwired. Um. No, I don't. I don't. I should have, but I don't. You have a router. Yeah, but it's in the other room. Right. I measured the field. I measured the fields here. I mean, I've got a box of drips for measuring it. I mean, I, I I do follow it, and I'm going to do some. I'm I, I've set it. I've set up a laboratory. I had a, lot, I had a laboratory in England, but I came here to get away from being arrested by the police. The police arrested me in, in, about two years ago as a bomb maker and terrorist. They broke into my home. It's all on the internet. Wow. They broke into my home without a warrant, and they went all over the place looking at everything. And they threw me in jail for a day. They and generally also steal everything for evidence too. Yes, but in fact they didn't, which was just as well, really. But. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, but anyway, so I had to move my laboratory here. But when I, I'm, I'm setting up to measure this hemoglobin effect. This going to, this is, and this is another. This is science, you see. So I yeah. can get that, I get that published, and then nobody's going to argue with it. You know, they're going to say, well, yes, that's right. The mobile phone radiation heats up the the uh, the hemoglobin and causes blood clots. In my opinion, that's the main reason why these people are getting ill in in these hospitals because you know you get you say oh, <laughs> I've got COVID, and they take you into hospital, and then right. you go to some room where 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 the the, the concentration of non-ionizing radiation Every, everything is wireless there yeah exactly so exactly so you're lying there and the hemoglobin is getting destroyed by the non-ionizing radiation and then you die and they say oh my goodness me he died of covid exactly no matter what we had doctors on the show that were saying how they were instructed to call everything a covid death early yeah. on be- before yeah. the vaccines mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So, 
Well, okay. We well, there we are. That's all. That's all. I, that's my main. That's my main message on on the on the non-ionizing. I mean, we know that it causes cancer because they've done two sets of studies with rats, life, lifespan studies with rats, right. and we know we know it causes cancer. So they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to sell this stuff. Right. Exactly. So, tech, these technologies, some of them are not worth it at all. Whatever convenience they confer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So thank you, Dr. Busby, and uh, hold on, and we'll say goodbye after the break here, and hopefully we'll see you again shortly. Yeah, okay. okay. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed your chance to meet, again, Dr. Christopher Busby, B-U-S-B-Y, and um, I consider it a great privilege and honor to meet people like that because somebody that's actually doing work in the field of science or any other field where they can make a contribution to the world and they're actually a human and not just a specialist working in a vacuum like the modern scientists are supposed to be, I think is a great inspiration for all of us. So I really appreciate what Dr. Busby is doing. And he did mention a couple of websites, uh, euradcom.eu. I think that, yeah, I can barely read my writing, but the letter EU. R-A-D, like radiation, com.eu, and then also uh, greenaudit.org and llrc.org, low-level radiation council or something like that, .org. Um, So follow his work. He's also on YouTube. And um, I'm sure we'll have him back again. Really important guy making great contributions that everybody should know about. And we'll put this up wherever we can. There's a lot of unacceptable stuff in it, as I'm sure you notice. Um, but uh, great work that he's doing, not just to expose the reality of radiation, that it's a real danger to life on the planet, but his general attitude of concern for the future is really valuable, I, I would say. So stay in touch at lostartsradio.com. And help us stay on the air if you want. This is all commercial free. Uh, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com and a subscribe star link and a physical address if you wanted to mail a contribution that way. It's all appreciated. And help us share the links, get by censorship, and uh, let more people hear about um, great individuals like Christopher Busby. I think that's about it. Um, We're going to be doing a lot more videos as time allows in between the Sunday shows that this is and uh, trying to stay in touch with you the best we can. But if we disappear on some channel, you can get us again at lostartsradio.com and give us your feedback. We're really interested in what you feel and think about the guests or ideas or questions or anything like that. There's a contact form at lostartsradio.com and all of those will be read and responded to as possible. So thanks for being with us, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Take it easy. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, 
to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Off to Chernobyl we finally get All kinds of cancer went up the next year 
hard to interpret, says OPCS. Can't understand it, well here is a guess. Low-level isotopes from the Ukraine Drifted to Wales on the wind and the rain Rainfall is higher in Bangor than Kent Cancer in Wales is up 30% We're breathing strontium Locking it into the structure of cellular DNA And each beta decay In an occasional, rather mutational way us. Even new labor can see what it means. Radioisotopes alter your genes. Ghosts of dead babies will give them no rest till the dosimetry's been reassessed. Wombling, strombling, banker to Kent, telling the news of the second event, telling the story all and two scenes. A radioisotopes alter your genes. Nuclear establishment, castle of lies Children are dying in front of your eyes Born with no limbs, with two heads or no brain Born to a life of incurable pain Nuclear subsidies victims will pay While you take a pension and tiptoe away Don't reassure us, cause we always knew Yours was a story too slick to be true We're breathing strontium Locking it into the structure of cellular DNA And each beta decay In an occasional, rather mutational way Kills us Nobody's hiding these nuclear crooks Government stooges aren't cooking the books Only the mothers are guilty of crimes Bearing their children in nuclear times Radioisotopes float around free Up in the atmosphere, up near the sea So many diseases genetically linked Strontium wombles will soon be extinct Cause we're breathing strontium Locking it into the structure of cellular DNA And each beta decay In an occasional, rather mutational way